Inflammatory. Uncalled for. What about my pension? Outrageously offensive. That's racist. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Rockets two minute hate speech. Hate speech. Johnny Rockets. This is Johnny Rocket's two-minute hate speech. Sometimes longer. Johnny Rocket's two-minute hate speech, banned in D.C. I was speaking in the comfort of my own home in a private conversation with the love of my life about the Covington Catholic school students. The weird thing was, I caught myself prefacing what I was going to say with the caveat, I'm not racist, but... Now, my fiancé knows I'm not racist. I know I'm not racist. Anyone who knows me knows I'm not racist. Yet, here I was issuing this off-spoken public disclaimer before completing a perfectly rational thought, totally absent of racist under and overtones, as though what I had to say could be dismissed as simply fucking racist. Why? Because of cultural Marxism. Cultural Marxism is an extension of the socialist, economic, and political belief that puts everything in our American Western culture as being the oppressive byproduct of capitalism and its beneficiaries. The very words we speak, the manner in which we speak them, and how we as a society process and evaluate information are all believed to be the direct result of capitalism, which according to socialist rhetoric is inherently oppressive to the working class and minorities. I've previously mentioned how socialism, when it failed to take root as a political and economic ideology, warmed its way into academia under the guise of gender, ethnic, and LGBTQ studies. Cultural Marxism is what happens when this mode of thinking extends beyond the bounds of a classroom environment and manifests itself in a pervasive nationwide epidemic of hand-wringing apologists who hold their beliefs and ideas that run counter to what's socially permissible. So much so, in fact, that even edgy libertarian radio hosts who put out weekly rants dubbed two-minute hate speeches, such as myself, fall prey to this insidious brainwashing and catch themselves saying, I'm not racist, before speaking their mind to their partner in the privacy of their own home. In the aftermath of the electoral upset of 2016, many political pundits and mainstream media experts scratched their heads at how somebody as boorish as Donald Trump could possibly get elected. Anyone with a little bit of distance and their finger on the pulse of the nation could easily tell you how. Because Donald Trump, like Don Cummings and the Leave movement of Brexit, knew what these so-called experts refused to acknowledge. That people, silenced by others telling them that they're bigots for holding a differing opinion, may have been silenced in normal conversation. But they were very vocal in their votes when it came time to line up at the polls. Long story short... Cultural Marxism may have driven the dialogue underground, but it didn't shut it down. Not completely. Our nation, like many other similar westernized nations, is filled with frustrated, disenfranchised, silenced people. A majority, in fact, who are sick of being told that their very rational, very intelligent attitudes, beliefs, and ideas are bigoted. And as long as we permit cultural Marxism to shut us up in the public arena, we will never, ever let this pervasive feeling of discontent, disenfranchisement to manifest in the socio-cultural sea change we are so desperately need in order to restore liberty. But how exactly, even within our own movement and political party, were we supposedly filled with rational anti-authority contrary types who eschew cultural norms and stand up for what they believe in when standing alone? Libertarians are not immune to this disease of cultural Marxism. 
consider the curious case of our own chair, Nicholas Sarwark, and his bizarre attack of the libertarian talk show host and longtime advocate for the Mises Institute, Tom Woods. Tom Woods, over the course of his career, has amassed an impressive, respectable following by preaching a highly principled message in Austrian economics. Yet when the Libertarian Party was under the threat of infiltration from the white nationalists of the alt-right, the Libertarian Party chair, Nicholas Sarwark, decided to put forth a completely toothless online petition to decry the presence of the alt-right in the LP, and then demanded Tom Woods sign it lest he be perceived as an alt-right sympathizer or worse, a racist. Notwithstanding the fact that Sarwark, like many other members of the Libertarian National Committee, could easily have put forward a resolution within the confines of the LNC that served the same purpose and foregone the acquisition of signatures from outside members. This bizarre political gambit by Sarwark, designed to push perfectly legitimate paleo-libertarians and conservatarians out of the party by targeting one of their most respected media personalities, is illustrative of how persuasive cultural Marxism is. Coupled with that, the decision to remain completely silent on the rise of the Libertarian Socialist Caucus, while at the same time benefiting directly from the volunteer efforts of one of the most outspoken members on his own mayoral campaign. And you've just entered the goddamn twilight zone. So if society has fallen ill, the Libertarian Party doubles down and re-elects a chair that employs the same bullshit tactics in his own rhetoric, and even yours truly finds himself fretting over being labeled a racist, simply for acknowledging the undeniable fucked up behavior of a black Israelite targeting Catholic students on a field trip at the Lincoln Memorial. How the fuck are we supposed to beat back this tide and let freedom fucking ring? I'll tell you, we clean fucking house. My girl always says this, and I completely agree. Liberty starts with you. You must uphold these principles and carry them like a goddamn badge of honor. Wherever you go, even at the risk of being insulted or assaulted, our nation, not just in the halls of Capitol Hill, but in your very own goddamn mind, is a war zone. And just like any other battlefield, each of us is a standard bearer for liberty. What did we do when we charged into battlefield during the Civil War and those carrying the flag fell? The rest of us picked up the motherfucking flag and kept charging. If someone within our own rank and file, or even one of the four goddamn star generals out there supposedly organizing the attack, does something wholly destructive to the movement of liberty, what do we do? We wrest the mantle from them, step around them, and keep charging forward, not by becoming hand-wringing apologists for their bullshit behavior, lest we be labeled racist. Liberty is not racist. It's the most egalitarian belief you can hold. It is a world in which anyone, regardless of race, sex, color, or creed, has exactly the same natural rights. Liberty doesn't give a flying fuck if you're African-American, transsexual, female. You, just like anyone else in this world, has the exact same rights to life, liberty, and justly acquired property. Liberty won't validate your existence. That's not its fucking job. But it will ensure you that you won't be murdered, enslaved, or stolen from. And that's a fuck ton more than any other belief system or ideology out there. So stand up. Fight back. Push back against the tide. We will not apologize, and we will not yield. And you can take your socialist Marxism rhetoric and shove it up your fucking ass.